Hi, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in today for another episode of Business Unveiled. I am so excited for Leah Glover Hayes, who is CEO and podcast host of Her Story of Success. I can't wait for her to just share her journey with you all. Um, We're going to be talking a lot about seasons of success and how you can enjoy the one that you're in while you're working towards the next level. Because those of us who are in the creative space or like in my previous crazy life of doing 250 weddings plus a year, I don't know what I was thinking, um, it can, your life just, you like plan your life out 18 months in advance for a lot of these things. And then you blink your eyes and you're like, oh my gosh, 20 years has gone by. How can I pivot and stop working so much? But you come accustomed to a certain lifestyle and a certain revenue and you, how do you scale and how do you keep going? And it's really hard when you're trying to start something new while you're keeping the other thing going. And you're, it's like you're doing two full-time things, which Leah is, um, has been watching from afar for probably over a year now. Me and um, someone who, which is where I met Leah at Collective 615, an amazing co-working space for women. And it's like feeling like you have two full-time things, but as, as women, we take these things on and we're in different seasons. And so I love talking about how to embrace it, how to be happy and how to work towards the next level. So Leah, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I am super excited to join you in your business unveiled. I really know you more from your GFD, which is get shit done, which I am very excited to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think most of us uh, are are always in that mode of like, I just want to get shit done. So uh, thank you for having that. I I love all that you do in in coaching businesses and and helping women succeed. So I'm, I'm honored to be with you today. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm all about GS Dean. And it's <laughs> funny, people are like, why are you so crazy about that? I'm like, honestly, I didn't really understand in my 20s and early 30s, like how precious time was. And in the same year, like my dad and my sister got sick. And I'm like, oh, geez, like, I really have to be strategic with my time. And is that a passion or is this going to generate revenue? And that's where I really had to hunker down and teach myself where I like to say yes to everything. You know what? I got a GSD. We got to get shit done and we have to make sure that we're making good decisions so that we can free up our time to really spend our time because why do we work so freaking hard? It's like you can't buy your time back, but people right. are work, 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 work. So yeah. Before well, we that's even... my passion. Yeah. is like the, I mean, I'm more about like the anti-hustle. I like you because it's like, get shit done, but I'm not going to, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not going to work 18 hours. I have an amazing husband. I have family and things that I want to yep. do and spend time with and volunteer my time. So I like to get shit done and then relax or hang out with my husband, his love language is quality time. So it's like, he needs me to be present when I'm there. Mm -hmm. So I think when I think of, you know, GSD, it's being able to be present where you are and, you know, work hard, do your thing. And then don't (laughs) right. Like take a break. Don't be on your phone. Like if you ever go out to Mm -hmm. dinner with Josh and me, it's you, we will not allow you to have your phone. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Like if you can't hang, hang out with us for an hour, eating without your phone being on the table and 
checking your watch and your text, like, then I don't want to have dinner with you because it's just, there's, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just hang out while we're doing it and then take a call afterwards. So, um, I, I just, I really value that for sure. Amen. So before we jump off and talk about her story of success and how you started it and why you started it, take us back and share, how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? What set you on this journey to want to share this message via her story of success? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. What's up, GSD leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled, where we share expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals. You know we're going to take you behind the scenes of our experiences, share with you what we've learned from them, and how it's made us stronger. Because no one said it's easy owning a business, right? But it's a lot more fun when you've got a strong support team around you. And that's exactly what we do at GSD Creative. We're right there by your side. And I'm so excited that you've chosen this podcast to take the first step in growing a productive, profitable, and successful, wildly successful business within the hospitality and creative industry. Today's podcast is being brought to you by one of my favorite platforms, Kajabi. So stop trading your time for money. Kajabi provides digital entrepreneurs an all-in-one platform which enables you to create a life of freedom on your terms, whatever that may be. Everything is housed under one platform. So there's really no need for multiple services. Kajabi really has all of the tools that you need in one place if you're looking for a home to share your knowledge and build online courses. You have a community of like-minded people with proven success in selling knowledge online and the support with Kajabi is amazing. Give it a try today bit.ly slash ap kajabi yeah so i i grew up in a tiny town in the middle of nowhere and my parents had uh, bought land um, they were from michigan and bought land in this random place in tennessee um, and thought you know what i want to get out of the city and i want to raise my kids in the country and so in this small town it was very like political and everybody knows everybody and everybody's you know related but not in an incestuous way just in a you know everybody knows everybody so i always felt like <laughs> i always felt like this city girl trapped in the country and i always felt like i was i don't want i don't know if undervalued or underestimated is the right word i'm five two i didn't break a hundred pounds until i was a senior in high school but i played basketball and so i always was this little bitty person that knew i was built for more i'm like there is something out there that is not here that i want to go find i want to go experience it i want to go do it so i've kind of always been this like bigger than life person trapped in a tiny body and i've been a a big city girl trapped in nowheresville tennessee and so when i i definitely hit a rebellious stage you know out of um out of high school because i was still living at home going to college and something in me knew if i kept doing what i was doing and being in this town i just wasn't going to reach who i was so i 
um, left Tennessee, moved in with some family that was still in Michigan, ended up becoming a flight attendant because, again, being from Nowheresville, I wanted to just experience life. I wanted to see what was out there and became a flight attendant um, and then ended up on my journeys, visited Chicago a couple times and fell in love with the city and was like, you know what, I'm going to move here. So I think <laughs> at an early age, I've just been like, you know what, I'm going to go do that because I want to. And I, I, I'm not a jump all in kind of person. I do like, I dip the toe like, oh, is, how's this water? And then once I realize like, oh, I'm not going to die. Okay, I'll try it. Right. Like it's always that I always go to like, what's the worst that could happen <laughs> if I moved to Michigan and I fail and it's terrible? Well, my parents still live here. I can come back and move with my parents when I wanted yeah. when I lived in Michigan and I wanted to, to move to Chicago. I was like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? OK, I moved there. I'm, I completely fail. I hate it. OK, I can move back with my godparents or. I lived at my um, and my own, like I can move back with my family if I get totally broke or I can move back to Tennessee. Kind of like the worst thing that could happen is really not that bad. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how I've lived my life of like trying things. I'm like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Um, and I listened to, to that on Tim Ferriss. So he talks about that, like going through the process of, of understanding, like, well, if you want to try something, what's the worst thing that could happen? And it helps you understand, too, is this a, a risk that I'm willing to take or is that worst thing that could happen actually so bad that I can't afford to take that risk? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Everything is yeah, so these days. A hundred percent. You know, and then when I was in Chicago and decided, um, you know, I got my first like quote unquote real job. Um, I worked for cars.com as an account manager and I totally thrived. Like I was one of the best ones. I won all kinds of awards and it was awesome. And then I was like, oh, I'm kind of good at this business thing. <laughs> like this is fun. And so then I was just like, oh, what's my next step? I'm always that person that's like, I've always been happy. Like everyone that was like, I'm a very happy, joyful person, but I'm also like, okay, cool. Well, I got this far. How far can I go? What's next? Mm -hmm. And it's not that I'm not that person that's like always searching desperate to find happiness. I'm that person that's like, no, I love where I am. But if I got here, like how far can I go and who else can I bring with me? Right? Yeah. Like I'm not a like, stand on a podium number one champion by myself. I'm like, oh, I'm a team sport kind of girl. Like, because I don't want to celebrate my, by myself. It's not <laughs> <I'm> like, fun. <laughs> right. And I think that's why probably her story success kind of happened is that my whole life, it's like, I want to do well and I want to succeed, but I want other people to enjoy it too. You know, mm -hmm. that's just kind of been my, my MO is like, let's just go after it. Um, but, and I say that it sounds like I'm this like super confident person. However, during all of that, and we all suffer from, from different things, right? Like we all have our, our little issues and our demons and whatever, but yeah. um, I have always suffered from like debilitating insecurity. So yeah. I think because I was a no one from nowheresville and I was tiny and I was, you know, always thought to, to not be able to do anything or achieve anything. It's been a battle. Like, choosing who to listen to right mm -hmm. because sometimes the voice that's saying that you can't do it is also your voice uh, and yeah. sometimes sometimes your mind doesn't know is someone else telling me that or am I telling me that mm -hmm. and so I think the thing that's really helped me by the grace of God is I've 
I think in every pivotal point in my life, I've ha- I have had those people around me that truly believed in me. You know, you're, and they're always going to have the naysayers. And it's not that, um, it's not that I, that I look at naysayers and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're right. It's that I, uh, what is it? Someone, I can't remember who it was. It was like, you can't covet what you can't see. Mm-hmm. And so because I had never seen anybody like me be successful, because I'd never seen in my family, anybody in my family achieve success in business, because I'd never seen it, I didn't think that I could. Because I'm like, well, who am I? I'm a no, I'm a no one from Nowheresville. I didn't go to like, you know, I went to college for a semester and a half. I'm a quitter. You know, so I labeled myself all of these things of like, I'm a quitter. I'm, you know, a nobody. And like, who am I? I didn't go to college. I was only a flight attendant. Who am I to think that I can be successful in business? But then I'm like, well, I'm also resourceful. I'm like, well, let me see if I can just get that interview. Because it says you have to have a college degree. But I'm like, well, let me see if I can get the interview. And then if I get the interview, I was like, well, let me use all of the things that I learned as a flight attendant having to be responsible and, and you know, all of the things that I learned about, um, you know, having authority and, you know, being responsible and, you know, people are trusting you with their lives and, and taking that responsibility as a young person. I just use the experiences I had in my life to kind of stand on a platform of confidence that I had to build for myself, <laughs> right? Like, how did I'm you gonna do have to this? <laughs> Like, um, how did you reframe your mindset? I think it's a, honestly, my faith is the, is the one thing. Like, I I believe that, that you know, that Jesus died for me. And, and when I read that he came to give us life more abundant, I chose to believe that for myself. That if if I've done all the things that I've done, if he if I believe he's brought me to it, then I had this vision of like, well, if you brought me here and you allowed me to do these things, I believe also that you have a plan for me because you say that you're a light into my feet and a lamp into my path, that just because I don't know that next step and I can't see it, I'm going to believe that you're guiding me to it. And I'm going to believe that you chose me for a reason, you know, and that if you chose, you know, Moses was, you know, he stuttered. He wasn't a good speaker. And if you chose him to lead people out of out of <laughs> Egypt, then I might not be equipped to do the things that I'm setting out to do, but you're going to equip me. Like he equips the calls. Does that make sense? Yeah. And also like sometimes when you do, sometimes it's like, Lord, I, I need someone that's a human being on earth <laughs> to believe in me and he'll send me a friend or he'll send me somebody yeah. that's like, that, that tells me like, Hey, you are amazing. You can do these things. Like I had a godmother that believed in me and said, Leah, you, you've come from nothing and you've, you've built to where you are. Like you can go do anything that you want to do. So it's being able to surround yourself with people that believe in you. And I've, I've had to end a lot of relationships, not because maybe they were mean, but they were toxic. And I could tell that, that mm-hmm. I felt bad when I was around them. So I, I didn't do this whole like breakup, like, Hey, you're a toxic person. And I don't feel that you're beneficial for me anymore. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. It was just more of those, like, you know, I just stopped hanging out with that person as much and really said, okay, I think someone, and I, 
I always, I listen to podcasts. I read books. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of self-help and I've invested my time and I've invested energy and I've invested my heart into let me find other people that I admire and figure out their stories. Like Oprah Winfrey, like everyone knows her as a successful person, but if you really look at what she did, like she came from nothing and she chose to believe in herself. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe in myself. Even when I don't feel like I'm capable, like, why not me? Like, why not me? If Oprah did it, why can't I do it? Right. I love it. So how did she's kind of my, my guiding light. I'm like, if Oprah can do it, I can do it. Right. She's amazing. And she just surrounded herself and she chose to believe in herself. (laughs) I love it. So how did you get the podcast going? Like, how did you, because I feel like every day, just about, or maybe even every other day, it's like, I'm around people and they're like, I want to start a podcast or like, how much time does it really take to have a podcast and what do you have to do? And so how did you find the way? And yeah, I'm going to do this. Great question. (laughs) Yes. So I'm a firm believer in uh, utilizing your resources and understanding what you have and what you need. So when I, the, why I wanted to start a podcast is because um, I love to talk. <laughs> it's a good thing <laughs> that too, God girl. gave me. I always got talked too much. I mean, I got in trouble growing up. Like she gets done with her homework and then she wants to talk to everybody else. So like my teachers would always give me like special projects. Um, but <laughs> when I, when podcasting started becoming a thing and so at the same time, I'm trying to get better. I'm like wanting to be a successful business person. I'm reading all these books. And by the way, reading a book takes a long time. And I realized that like, reading um, nonfiction books for me, it takes me longer. So I did start listening to podcasts. And so for me, I'm on this journey of like, I want to grow. I want to be the best version of myself. I want to, I knew I wanted to start a company that empowered women and helped women succeed, but I didn't know what that looked like. So I started listening to podcasts and I'm listening to, you know, NPR, how I built this. And I listened to Entree Leadership with Ken Coleman. And I was listening to, you know, Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss. And they were all great and wonderful. And there was a couple of podcasts that were women interviewing women. But when I started Her Serve Success, there really wasn't that many. And honestly, like, I, I didn't really love them. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to start my own. I think I want to start my own podcast. And so I started looking into it. And I was like, oh, my God, there is so much involved with starting a podcast. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know about this. And by the grace of the good Lord, um, the woman that I met with and said, hey, I want to do this. And she decided to be my partner. She met a guy named Clark Buckner who has relationary marketing. Well, they do podcasts for companies. So like business to business type stuff. And I wasn't really business to business, but he liked me. And so when we sat down with him, we were like, hey, can you help us like think through this podcast, how we can get started? So he started to give us like, you know, you can buy this microphone and get the software and all these things. And then um, I don't know if I asked him or if he offered to do the podcast for us. And at the time, you know, I had a lot more money than I had time because I had a full-time job. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big believer in outsourcing. Like I don't clean my own house because I pay someone to do that because I don't, you know, want to spend the time. Not a good use of my time. I'm always like, what's going to be the best ROI? And I thought, you know what? Instead of me trying to figure out all of these things that I don't want to know the speeds and feeds, I don't want to know how to 
how to edit software or edit a podcast because that's not my skill set. I mm. knew that that would frustrate me. I found someone that could do all of the back end for me that I paid. And so literally, um, it was a, it's a nice studio in an entrepreneur center in Nashville, Tennessee. And we would walk in, he's already set up, we, you know, the guests sit down, we interview them, and we leave and they take care of the back end. Mm -hmm. And so I'm all about doing things. Um, I'm not late, I'm not lazy, but I am doing uh, things uh, smarter, not harder, right? Yeah. So how can I do something that's the highest quality that I have to put the least amount of work into it up to what you can afford. Right? right. So for me, it was a, a bit better ROI for me to pay someone to do the podcast for me than for mm -hmm. me to do it myself. So what I did was find the guest, book the guest, um, interview the guest, and then they did everything else. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and like they wrote, I mean, and Ellen's mom, honestly, she was a, um, an editor. So she wrote our blog post. So like awesome. we found people she, and she had a cousin that built our website, right? So it's like, I didn't do a, like a lot of the pieces that you see on her story success. That's not me doing it because that's not my skill set. Yeah. I found someone to write our blog, someone to, you know, that does the social media, that does the, um, that takes the pictures because I, I'm, I'm not good at it. And I care more about having a quality product than me working 18 hours a day trying to do all of it myself well and at least you get the fact that you can't do it all by yourself mm -mm. and i mean you can no. but then oh yeah you then you become a master at distraction and things right. that you're stuck doing that you don't like doing so how the right. hell are you doing in the first place and it's just like my mom doesn't understand why I get blowouts and why I would ever think <laughs> about Ubering downtown when I have a car. Like, uh, I can make money while I'm, I can spend 40 bucks and make 4,000. <laughs> like, why would I right. take exactly, that time? Exactly. You know, yeah. it's just, it's a mindset. It really is a mindset of thinking smarter, not harder, and just thinking differently. Um, I guess mm -hmm. a lot of people, well, and you, yeah. How many businesses do you work with that you consult? And it's about helping them find the tools and resources for them to be able to get the most value out of what they're doing. And if you know, in any business owner, you're every business owner is outsourcing something, right? You're outsourcing something in your life. And so learning how to outsource the right things for you in the right season is huge. Um, and that, that's something that like, when you, you, when you work with me, cause I mean, we've talked about you helping me with my business and, and being a consultant for me, ah. there's a ton of things that I want you to look at that I'm doing. Cause I, I'm always in this constant state of like, what can I do better? And I look at you as a mentor because <laughs> we truly, how many, you've had multiple businesses over the last few years. Yeah. And so I realized that, okay, cool. I've had this podcast for two years. I've been full-time in my business, which is, um, does marketing for, um, for large organizations that are trying to mark marketing to women um, for companies and industries that are, you know, male dominated and, and have this male feel that realize, like, listen, there's a lot of good white middle-aged men out there that realize that they need to change. And I'm that person that's going to help them. So that's what I'm doing with Her Story of Success is meeting with companies that are trying to market to women that are looking at, Hey, internally, what do we need to do for our women? There are good, like, 
companies that are out there trying to get better. And I want to be that person that helps them do that because I want to make money off of it and do it the right way and give them the right. So as I'm growing my business, I'm looking for business consultants to and and business um, coaches that are going to help me say, okay, Leah, cool. You've not led a company this size. So here's some things to think about. I think anything that you do in your life, it's all about, you know, getting help, getting guidance from people. At the end of the day, like you can probably tell me some things and I might agree with, you know, 60% of it, but then there's going to be certain things and it's like, well, I hear you and I'm going to take this part that you're doing, but this other thing, I'm going to make it my own way. So Mm -hmm. it's that balance of like getting guidance, learning from others and making it your own. Absolutely. I'm sure you see that all the time. Well, and the thing is, especially from a marketing perspective and a psychology perspective, like a lot of people, they buy from people they like and you, you form your own way by your past experiences, your morals, your values, how you were raised or worse, like how you were not raised and how you never want other people to experience that, that hurt and that pain. And so it's just as much as I love automation and like, I'm actually getting ready to, to go do a talk on, um, just artificial intelligence and trying to reframe how, you know, people say older people are afraid of it. You know, I'm like, uh, yeah, most of our clients are over 50 because they know they need to become aware and educate themselves. Mm -hmm. But automation and robots, it's never going to take the place of knowledge and sharing and feelings and emotion and people buy from an emotional experience. And so trying to get people to understand, talking about outsourcing, that automation can be a lovely tool to help you gain more time back so that you can do other things and build a bigger business. So I know one thing for you is just mentorship and Mm, how to audit a mentorship. And so what is that? Like, what does mentorship mean to you and what is the auditing process? And I'm glad that you said that because mentorship is to me that had been the biggest thing in my life because, um, you know, the majority of women that I interview, they learned, um, they learned how to work hard from their dad. And I love my dad, but I've never seen him work hard. Like he just doesn't at all. And I've seen my mom work really hard, but she has a complete scarcity mentality. Like she still thinks that like being, you know, financially successful is like, you know, sinful. And so I've had to fight that my whole life. So um, I was lucky. My youth leader in ch- at church was my first mentor. And I, of course, you don't realize it at the time, you know, but um, he's the right. first person that really that looked at me and said, Leah, you know, you've got to have discipline, direction, um, dedication and um, determination to get anywhere in life and kind of help me see that. And so from him being that first mentor that really said that really saw me as me and said, there's something in you that you can be successful you ha- now you have to do these things. You've got to, you know, figure out what discipline looks like for you. Cause I've thought that my whole life. I'm a very free spirit. <laughs> but so from, from that, and then as you get older, you, I started to realize, you know what? Mentorship is not just an older person that's done what I'm trying to do. That's giving me advice. That's traditional mentorship. That is great. And that is important. But what I really started to realize is 
passive mentorship is one of the most important things in a person's life. And this is what I encourage people to audit all the time. One of my mentors, uh, Diana Sumter, who is, um, I used to sell Mary Kay and she was my national sales director, best leadership program ever. People that hate, um, network marketing. Oh my God, do it for a year. And the leadership that you learn out of is incredible. But anyway, she used to always tell me if I like wasn't doing well, or like I wasn't hitting my goals. She's like, well, what are you, what are you listening to? What are you reading? Like, what are you consuming? What are you watching? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? And she really helped me realize that what you, what you watch on TV, what you read, what you listen to is going to determine who you become. So that's when I was like listening to podcasts, reading business books. You know, I don't watch television during the week. Um, You know, my husband and I watch it on a a, like Disney movie on Sundays to just be in a good mood. But like, but I really started realizing the things that I invite into myself through my eyes, through my ears, right, through all of those things is going to determine my thought process throughout the rest of my day. So um, I started auditing what I listen to, the podcasts I'm listening to, the books that I'm reading. Um, and then when I looked also at mentorship, I thought about, well, peer mentorship. You hear all the time, you know, you become the five people that you hang out with. And yes, I would love to hang out with Beyonce and um, and Oprah and, um, you know, all of these uh, amazing people that I look up to and Sally Krawcheck. And, um, but the reality <laughs> is like, your friends also matter. So I just, like I said earlier, when I had to, to look at, well, who am I spending time with? Right? Like what, what do those, what do those friend groups look like? And even like I do this Bible study with a group of girls and that's one area, but they're all in a very different stage and no one's in this stage. That's like, like I am, that's like, I'm trying to change the world and like be super successful in business. So I have different groups of friends for different needs. I've got my spiritual group. I have, you know, my, my group of girls that I work with that we're all building businesses and, you know, working really hard to succeed. Um, and then I have like, my husband's honestly like one of my best mentors because we're both and I think this is really important when, when people have spouses, it's like, I think it's really important to communicate where you are in your life, where you are in your business, what your next step looks like, where they are in their business, what they're trying to achieve, what their next step looks like, so that you continue to grow together and that they can also look at what you're doing and give guidance and advice. Do you know what I mean? I think that people yeah. a lot of times don't don't look at their spouse or their best friend as that person that you can really look at and say, Hey, here's where I'm trying to go. And for example, um, the other part of mentorship is I want everyone, I want everyone to hire a coach. There is something about exchanging money for value that will change your life. Mm-hmm. And so when I hired a coach, I, I hired Christine O'Neill, and it was the honest to God, the most money I've ever spent in my whole life. It was like this, to one of those, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? It was like, oh, uh, <laughs> I'd be out a lot of money. Um, and so it was the most money I ever spent. I'm doing, and I, but I knew I was ready because I went through, um, I knew I wanted to hire a coach, but I thought that I wasn't disciplined enough and I wasn't ready. So honestly, I signed up for a Fit Females program. It's a, a workout thing. It was over six weeks and you have to do workout three times a week and have a super um, regimented diet. And so I did that to prove to myself that I was able to do things that sucked for no reason, right? <laughs> that I could do hard things that sucked for no reason. And so once I did that, I hired my, my coach. I spent all this money. And as I was going through it, she asked, she's like, 
what she's like, you need to figure out what's the one thing that's going to hold you back from success. And so instead of me answering it, I went to my husband because who who's more invested in me becoming successful than the person right. married to me, right. right? Like he would love for me to be a sugar mama, right? Or, you know, but like to make as much or more than him. Mm-hmm. And so he said, Leah, I think your anger issues is what will keep you from success. And like, that's kind of surprising because like, well, what do you mean? And so he helped me see that my anger issues and the way that I like get upset about things and lose my cool. He's like, if you, if you have a team and you do that in front of them, then they might lose respect for you. And he's like, and if you lose the respect, then you, then you lose everything. And so with this business coach, that's helping me figure out like how to become an, how to go from employee. Cause I hired her while I was still employee mm-hmm. to go from employee to CEO. Like I had to become the person that can be that CEO and she helped me do that. And so we, she helped me really work through anger issues and develop some systems around dealing with anger instead of these like big business things. You would think it'd be like, Oh, you need to do this and get this process in place. But for me, it was really about learning how to deal with my anger so that as I'm growing a business and these big things that come up that I'm able to handle them and not lose my cool. Isn't that crazy? Do you know why you have, or like your husband calls it like anger issues? Like, did you ever have experiences like growing up as a child or figure out why (laughs) you get angry? Like, I mean, I can go from a one to a 500 real quick. (laughs) It's just the way I was raised. Oh, we're friends. (laughs) Yes, I go and I, I hate, I don't, I hope this doesn't like trigger any, anybody, but the, the word that I use is I, I do, I do get this kind of like, I use the word psychotic, but I'll just say like this really, like I get enraged really quickly with a very short fuse. Yeah. Um, and I, and I do like, like, I, I love my dad. My dad's a good dad. He was really good to us, but I think that, you know, he has a very bad temper and he, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he was never like, you know, like physical, but like just. I realize now it probably was emotional abuse that we went through and anybody that knows my dad, like he's good. I love him. He's, he is a super sweet man. But um, I think going through that, um, you know, just in your home, having someone yell so much and get so angry and cuss and, and it was, I didn't realize that it was traumatic because it was just part of life. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so now I'm realizing like, Oh, wow. Um, that does affect me. And so honestly, going through premarital counseling mm-hmm. before we got engaged and my, our pastor made us do these like workbooks and it, he was like, well, how did he made us both sit down individually and be like, well, how did your parents communicate? How did they fight? How did they make decisions? And really laying that down beside Josh's and seeing like, oh, you, your love language is words of affirmation and quality time. And your parents never yelled. And so I realized, oh, I can't bring this into my marriage. Mm -hmm. And so doing that with him helped me realize, oh, if I can't do that with you, huh, I bet I shouldn't do that in other areas of my life. And Mm -hmm. so this whole, I think this whole process of us like being married and going through these things helped me realize like, oh, I need to change my demeanor in this way to be a good wife to you, but also, wow, that's going to help me 
in business because I can't be, I can't yell at people in business. Like I can't yell at people that I work with because that would be very damaging to them. And so um, other people don't really see it, but I still have those. And it's, that's not something that you can quit in a year, right? Like right. that you're just going to like, okay, I have anger issues. I'm going to stop now. Right. right? So it, it is a process and it's, you know, something that we've worked on in our marriage because if I yelled at him the way that my dad yelled at my mom or us, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't have a marriage, but that right. also helps him to see if I yell at anybody like that, I'm not going to have a good business because you can't do that in business. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm known for being a joyful, happy, nice, fun person, how much would that damage my brand and who I am if I end up yelling in front, you know what I mean? In front of people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and it's not that I'm, I'm being dishonest. I'm working on myself. Yeah. It's a process of getting better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I honestly, I thought that it was just normal. Like the way yeah. my family, I did too. Like, I mean, I saw it was normal. It was like, pass the fucking salt. You know, it's like, we're all talking yeah. to each other. Like, that's just normal. And so I like, for, I mean, one reason, like my mother, when she was born, her father, my grandfather was deaf. And so she was loud as shit from that. <laughs> and growing up, her like, he would just turn the hearing aids off. Like when she was born, he was old, old, like in his sixties. And then my dad was like this undercover drug cop that like worked in this super like high risk just around all this crazy stuff. And it's like, you don't really understand it until like you're an adult and it's like, you did what? (laughs) And I'm like, mom, how did you stay married to him for so like, that's so dangerous. Like what the hell? And so, but you know, you just, as a kid, it's like mom stayed home and raised us. Dad traveled, did well and worked for the same company for 30 years. And so it's, but I just thought it was normal. And then you go to college and then you start to be around like your friends, families, and you go to dinner. And then I started planning weddings and then I was around other families. And then I'm like, I think our family is a tad bit a loud, be dysfunctional the way we communicate. And so I had to get a lot of like counseling and coaching to understand how to process information because no one ever taught me that. No one ever taught Mm. me how to communicate. And so as a kid, I just knew the way that I knew. And my parents like, like we had this very sheltered life. Like, you know, but again, you don't know that till you get in the real world. Right. Uh, this isn't what I studied in college. These people are crazy. Um, but you know, there, there's pros and cons to it. But when I was in mental health and I thought that I was like starting my career and I finally graduated and that's when like everything, my world stopped because I did not know a, how to be a good listener. I didn't know how to process that information And it's like asking patients, like, do you want me to try to help you and offer you guidance, which I'm 19, like they're not going to, they didn't listen to me. And so they looked at me like I was a kid and I really was back then. (laughs) I had no life experience to share. And, but that's what I went to school for. And so like doing all these different communication, like methodologies, that's what made me totally geek out. And that's what like changed my whole mindset of understanding that I don't process, I don't understand how to focus, how to process, how to communicate with different personalities, 
Like you could say one thing to this person on the left, and then you say the exact same thing to the person on the right. One laughs at you and one cusses you out. And it's like, oh, yeah. how do you read these signals? You know, and that's when, when I was very young, I started to study. I was obsessed with like the brain and how it works and all the personalities and now, you know, people are like, how are you so patient? How's everyone around you happy? And I'm like, you know, in my head, I don't really take them back to what you and I are discussing right now. It's like, well, I kind of grew up in a crazy family. Um, you know, again, a great mother and father, but again, it just wasn't really normal of how we communicated and screamed and yelled and my sister's family still does it. Like we call her house the zoo and she's got four kids. It's like I'm trying to potty train their brain on how to process information. Like it's not okay <laughs> to scream at each other and pull each other's hair. And it, it's, it's literally like a zoo. And my, me and my brother, now that we're in the entrepreneur community and the world, and we have learned different skill sets of how to deal with people and how to run a business and how to communicate with people and then being able to share that with other people where they don't know what they don't know because no one's ever told them. They don't teach us this shit in school, right? (laughs) They just don't. Even though my degree was in psychology, they didn't teach me as a student how to understand and how to focus and customize the message the way the person in front of you needs to hear it. And so that's why I asked because I mean, like I was with my mom the other day and she's like making coffee in our hotel room, which literally you want to make me mad. I hate the smell of coffee. (laughs) Like I'm not a coffee person. And I'm like, I wake up, you know, I, I generally love to wake up happy, start the day, a new day, but I wake up to the smell of this disgusting hotel coffee. And I'm like, mom, really? Hilarious. Like, you know, these things and, you know, then she makes excuses, but I literally go zero to 500 getting so mad and I'm like, great. Now I get to smell like coffee all day long and now I have to wash my hair, you know, and of course it's all about me, but I'm like, you're in my hotel room. (laughs) So it's just, but there's no reason to let it ruin your day. And the, right. Oh yeah. Like if she did that to my dad, he would not speak to her for two days. I am not even shitting you. Like, and oh, wow. okay, I'm going to say it one more time. Please don't ever do that again. This is now the second time this has happened. It's worse than fish, cooking fish in my house that I'm highly allergic to. So please don't do it. And we're going to forget about it and we're going to move on and we're going to have a great day. And so I've learned to like, let that anger go that it's, it's not worth ruining a day. You know, I mean, there's right. oh, life no. is too short. So yeah, I totally, I mean, I could like, I could write a whole book <laughs> on just like I love it. communication and anger and how to process. Oh, it's it. huge. It's so important. It's so important. Um, Maybe I'll interview you for my book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so important. And then just thank you for like sharing with us about how you went from oh, like absolutely. self-doubt and and also something that a lot of women do, we overcommit because we say yes to everything. So how have you overcome overcommitting? <laughs> what have you practiced well, to that is a, there? So, well, and that's a process. I definitely have started saying, it's, I've started telling people like, hey, I'm not going to, I just tell them like, I'm not going to commit to this um, because I tend to overcommit or um, honestly, I, I have 
just canceled things because I'm like, I have overcommitted and I have to let that go. Because I think one thing that we forget is sometimes when you like, let's say you book a meeting with somebody and you're like, man, I have double booked this or something else come up and we have so much guilt around canceling. I'll tell you, Angela, so often, either if I cancel on somebody or they cancel on me, it ends up being better for both parties. Mm -hmm. I think we have to like, let go of this trying to please everyone mm -hmm. and really do what's best for everyone in the room. Because if you do, if you do something just because you said you would, you're going to be resentful. You're going to be, you're not going to be present with the meeting that's there because you're thinking about the 5,000 things you have that you have to do. And so I would rather someone not meet with me and cancel on me then be completely distracted and do it only because they said that they would. Does that yeah. make sense? So I, I totally. let go of the guilt that I place on myself for, you know, canceling if I, um, if I need to, but also like, I've just stopped saying, I've just stopped saying yes to things. I'm like, I would, that does sound great. I mean, I get things all the time that her story says I should be a part of. And I was like, that sounds like a great thing. I can't be everywhere. And I've already made too many commitments. Like there's three things right now that I'm supposed to be in, in the same week. And I'm like, I, <laughs> you have to make a decision what's best for you, where you're going and what you're going to be able to give of yourself. Cause it, it, you, you do have to be selfish. I was a flight attendant. You absolutely have to put your, your mask on first. And also like, let's say somebody gets out of their seat and it's, you know, a kid, I'm not going to get out of my seat to go save them because guess what's going to happen. I'm going to get hurt. And then I can't save the hundreds, hundreds of other mm -hmm. people. You have to take care of yourself so that you can help others. You have to take care of yourself so that you can do your job. Does that make sense? You have to take oh, care of yeah. yourself so that you can fulfill the impact that you want to have in this world. So when it comes to overcommitting, when you overcommit, be honest about it and apologize, but don't allow other people to guilt you or to put place that guilt on yourself. Right. I mean, like, the reality is other people can fill that in. So sometimes mm -hmm. what I do, like, let's say I have overcommitted and I've committed to do something for someone, then I try to fill in that spot. I'll say, you know what? I can't do that, but here's this other person I think would be a perfect fit for it. Um, I've just interviewed, you know, and I introduced them to say, Hey, can you do this? Mm -hmm. And just trust that like, it's all going to work out. Um, yeah. You know, I think that that's part of it. And I, the one other thing I did want to mention was this kind of the concept of seasons of success. Like, one thing that I've noticed, yeah. not just for myself, but other women that I interview, you know, think, think about this as a woman. Think about who you were when you were 15, who you were when you were 20, who you were when you were 25, who you were when you were 30, who you are when you're 35. Like e even every five years you change. Mm -hmm. And so if you change as a woman, as a person, as you know, especially if you're like a mom or get married or any of those things, um, you're different. And so guess what? Success is going to look different in those seasons. I think that we forget our version, our definition of success today. It's okay if it's different than last year. It's yeah. okay if it's different. And I think that when we think, and I, I purposely use the word success in my company name because success should be something that you're currently living in. I get so disheartened when people explain success as something they're striving for because why would you not be living in success are you not proud of how far you've come no matter what it is like even if you're even if you're in a valley that's really hard 
be proud that you're like, you know what, I'm in this valley and it super sucks and there's something I want to come, I want to get out of, but you know what? I got myself here. I can get myself out. I have had success in the past. I think being able to make shift your own success or your own confidence like I did and like, okay, well, I'm right now it might just be a box. I want to stand on a mountain one day, but all I have is this, you know, milk crate that I carried with me. So whatever it is, you've got to step on that thing to get to the next level. And success is something that we should live in and work towards. It shouldn't just be something we work towards because to me, if you're not happy, and I don't mean like if you're not content with who you are and where you are today, it doesn't matter what you strive for. You're never going to find it because right. there's all there. It's always going to elude you. And so I really focus on like even you know like with her store of success today. Like people are like, oh, you're killing it. You're doing so great. And I definitely can see where I want to go. And I can fall into that trap of like, oh, but I'm not there yet. And then I sit down. And then my husband looks at me and he's like. With, with this confused look on his face. And he's like, Leah, you created something from nothing. Like, it doesn't matter that you're yes. not where you don't want to be. Like, you this, you have something. It is a company. It is a podcast. You have 50 episodes. Like, you might not be where you want. And so I still have to be reminded. So I say that to say, define success for you today and where you want to go. But make sure that your definition includes that you're living in it today. Does that make sense? Yeah. And appreciate where you are. And the other thing is, if you're single, like, have girlfriends that pump you up. If you're married and your husband sucks, have girlfriends that pump <laughs> yeah. you up. No, I, because, listen, I'm very, or leave. I'm very fortunate. <laughs> yeah, or, I'm, I, or leave. Listen, like, you, you've got to be with someone <laughs> that you, you, you know, like, it's so important to be growing with someone. And, you know, Josh and I didn't get married until we're not, I mean, to me, it was kind of early, but like we got married at 30. Our second date, I was like, here's the deal. I know what I want and I know what I don't want. And I'm not going to date somebody for five years before I get married. And mm -hmm. I'm only going to be with someone that I want to be with, not someone that I need to be with. And I can't be with someone that needs me. So if you're, if you rely on me for happiness, like this isn't going to work. I mean, like that, that whole, like how to lose a guy in 10 days or like, like that was me. <laughs> I, did I all love that movie to be like, you're going to know all the crazy before we get started because I'm laying it out there but we've also grown together so if you look at where we were seven years ago when we got married oh my god financially like where we are like in our headspace we are both so much further along than we were seven years ago because we take responsibility for ourselves and mm -hmm. what we're doing but we also encourage the other person and say, yeah. you can do this. You're doing great. I, here's where I see you. I think it's important to have people around you, surround yourself with, like, this is where I see you. You know, that I, I see you growing into this person. And mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, well, how do you find a mentor? And I'm like, be one. Find somebody like, you know, when I met you, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're so amazing. I want to be in your life. So I kind of have stalked you and like been like, I hey, I, I admire who you are. I want to be oh. in your life. So I want to be that friend to you. I want to tell you why you're amazing. I want to tell you all the things I see in you. And guess what happens? In turn, you do it for me. Absolutely. I think we need to look at like what we're willing to give when we look at what we want to receive. Absolutely. This has been so much fun. I could talk to you all day. 
<laughs> I know. Well, we do. It's so fun when we meet at Collective 615. So, yes, you're amazing. I love what you're doing. I appreciate the way that you're investing into other women, and I appreciate the way that you've invested into me and her story of success. And I'm looking forward to both of us growing our podcast and our businesses um, alongside each other. Yes, uh, this has been so amazing. And yeah, I don't, I don't know why some, and again, this goes back to not teaching young kids how to lift each other up and how amazing it can make you and someone else feel versus like picking on people and bullying people and having a hidden agenda. And, you know, my parents raised me, even though it, like we yelled a lot, my parents were like, you are nice to everyone. You smile, yep. you yes. treat everyone with respect. I mean, I was a good kid with good manners. Now at home, you know, people that would come over, again, they're like, why are you f fighting? I'm like, we're not fighting. This is just how we're we talking. talk. <laughs> Same <laughs> like, here. Like, you guys are really loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Same. so it's just like, I don't mean to be loud, but like, Whenever, like when we did the grand opening and Kathy's like, you're so loud. And I'm like, I know, but like, and of course I don't want to disrupt the other tenants, but at the same time, it's like, I want to celebrate like all of our founding members. And like, it was just, it was a very exciting day. And like, there's other people around there like, keep it down. Shh. I'm like, but can we not celebrate for like 10 minutes? Like no yeah, one's really. going to die, you know? But yeah, we're all going to get our shit done. Yeah. It's just like other people can join in who want to feel that happiness. And then the people who are jealous or are like not in the mood, like they can go to the other end of the building. You know, it's just exactly. like typically you attract what you put off. So like I opened, somebody gave me like a little heart candy for Valentine's Day and I'm like, okay. Oh, opening and eating it and it has like a little message inside. I don't think she did this on purpose, but it said something about like your tribe is who you surround yourself with. And yeah, I was actually at a conference and about focus. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, where I'm sitting right now today is exactly who I want to be around and like my tribe and these people around me teach me how to focus, how to be a better business owner, how to be a better leader, how to be a better daughter, a better aunt, you know, all of those things. And it's, right. I wouldn't rather, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. Now it took a few years right. to get there and some getting rid of some energy vampires and, you know, you would think hurtful relationships, but honestly, like once I got rid of the energy vampires, there were no tears shed <laughs> like at all. Right. And like t two people in particular, a couple years ago that I spent a lot of time with, you know, I think that they were when, when one girl was like, you know, I'm going to move on. I just, um, you know, I'm not in the right place right now. I need to grow. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Spread your wings and fly. Like, I'm so happy for the time that we had together and how we help people grow. Yeah. And she was like in shock. She's like, you're not upset. I'm like, why would I be upset? <laughs> And she's like, well, what are you going to do without me? I'm like, move forward. Oh, my goodness. Like, and yeah. then this whole thing spiraled where she thought I was going to be like begging, like, no, please don't go get another job. You know, this, this, and I'm like, 
that's not me. I mean, you've known me for six years and like, you don't know that like everybody has a season. Like, do you listen to Jay the, um, the, yeah, I love him. Yeah, one of my favorite videos where he's like, you know, people are like roots, like a tree roots. You've got your branches, you've got your leaves, and then you've got seasons. And when it's winter, the leaves Mm -hmm. fall off. And when, you know, you've got limb branches that break off and he's like, it's okay. People are going to come in and out of your life at certain times in your life. And, but you're always going to have your roots, which usually it is your family or a spouse or a partner Mm -hmm. that end up being your roots. They're there, good, bad, no matter what they, you, when you need them, they're there that, you know, those are your rocks. Mm, That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I really, I'm like you, I listen to all these like super business, but slash nerdy (laughs) things that help (laughs) me process information because I wasn't taught and, and it definitely wasn't practiced in my home where I grew up. And so now owning a business, I can control the type of communication I practice and I can control how I treat people internally and externally, which is going to guide the people that are working around me and with me and for me, how to treat other people. So having that impact and knowing you're being watched, not judged, but watched on Let's see how Angela handles this. <laughs> 90% of the oh, time, yeah. you know, it's, it, it, I'm like, no one's dead. It's a process. Now, if I haven't had any sleep and you're making coffee or cooking fish around me, I might blow up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I might actually lose it. Yeah, I might lose it. But, and that's another thing. Before we even started this podcast, we were talking just about like, it's so gross in Nashville and like the weather's nasty and like, we, again, as women, like I used to work three days straight. I wouldn't sleep. It was like the most unhealthy thing that I ever did for years. And now it's like setting boundaries and saying, and you even said it earlier, like when my body shuts down, I listen and I've learned to listen. And, Uh you know, in interviews, people are like, what would you tell your 20 something year old self? What would you, you know, I don't know if you get those questions, but it's like, I would actually tell myself to set boundaries and sleep. I know, you know, I still, I'm like, oh, I can sleep and I'm dead. Like, I feel like I'm wasting so much time. There's so much I want to do. But when you find your purpose and you find your why and you focus on those specific things and you say no to everything else, you actually have time to sleep eight hours and sleep well. Yep. So that's just something that is important. It's really important from a, from a health standpoint. And like you said, you've got to take care of you before you take care of anybody else. So. I love it. You're awesome. We can leave on that note because I could just talk to you forever and ever and ever. (laughs) But thank you so much for your time today. How can people connect with you? What is the best way? Obviously, you guys go over to Leah's podcast and subscribe and start listening because she interviews lots of amazing people. So how can they find you? Yeah, so um, pretty much all socials are at Her Story of Success, and our website is Her Story of Success, and um, we're on LinkedIn and Instagram and definitely um, anywhere you view podcasts. So we're big on Apple, Stitcher, and, and all, the, all the basics. 
Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much for your time today. Lots and lots of good takeaways and nuggets from today, especially from this, this episode. So just make sure that you take time for yourself and you identify your priorities and be sure to tune in Absolutely. next week for another episode. Leah, thank you so much for today. Bye y'all. Now that you have all the tools you need to conquer the world in GSD, just share this with your friends and your fellow GSD leaders. And be sure you're a subscriber so you never miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. And you can ask Siri to listen to the latest episode, but you got to be a subscriber. Before I go, I have a huge favor to ask, and it would mean the world to me. While you're listening, snap a quick screenshot post it to your Instagram story, tag me at gsdleader underscore, and share with me your top takeaway from this episode and how it relates to you. Until next time, remember, stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.